0: Hey guys, episode eight, as promised, we are back with Zach. This is the second half of our conversation and yeah, we hope you enjoy and we hope you are blessed by this discussion and encouraged. So yes, (laughs) we're getting to that (laughs) after this short break. Um, you keep saying, like, the word submit, and it's making me think of, like, how the Bible talks about, like, we are the bride of Christ, and, like, wives mm-hmm. submit to your husband, husbands, and, like, just a beautiful example of mm. the way, like, our relationship with Christ, and, like, just in that, and we get to daily live that out and practice mm-hmm. that through.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good connection too. And I think, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, the relationship between, you know, the bride of Christ and we, and we reflect upon, right. That submissive, um, instruction that's given to wives. I think a lot of times we overlook what the husband's responsible, like right. what's the instruction the husband gets? Cause the husband is told to, uh, give up, like to put, Uh, put his wife's desires before his own and so it's almost like the the wife is like okay like submit your husband but the husband is like is told to love your wife and to put her above yourself Mm -hmm. and so like really you know the husband like Christ you know he's actually done something for us like he's put us above himself like he's paid our penalty of death right so um, he's done that for us in that and I think it's important to even reflect on that because it's not just a one-sided like we're just submitting or mm-hmm. whatever but it's like there's actually uh, something like more powerful significant going on on the other side of that relationship okay. and so it really is you know a relationship between two parties it's not just one submitting to the other but there there's um, a significance for for both parties engaged in that relationship
2: yeah my professor um, one of my professors in college actually had a really cool like image of that and so he had two people come down so he had like i'm gonna really try to explain this sometimes explaining and giving an image is really hard but yes. um, <laughs> <Juliana knows. laughs> um there so there was a stage right so he brought them all down onto the floor that's right in front of the stage and so the two people he had they were both guys which was kind of weird but so the guy that was modeling the husband essentially helped the other guy who was modeling the wife get up on the stage so lifting her up Mm -hmm. it was the idea of that and like loving and putting her above himself Mm -hmm. and in response to that she he knelt down on the stage and then they were eye level Mm -hmm. so like he lifted her up, yeah. and then she submitted and got down on her knees, and they were so. I just thought that, that was really cool. Like it was good to imagine it in that way, yeah. as opposed to like just hearing "oh, submit, submit, submit." It's like no, like there are two actions. Like it is yeah. both ways that it's going on. So I was just cool.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Did I do a good job explaining? Yeah. I awesome. There's a first. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I really like how the Lord uses like pictures of the family yeah In in to describe his relationship with us because like even before it was christ and the church right the the husband the groom and the and the bride um it was god and israel right and so they had a marriage relationship um and then you even have the relationship of of father and children um, which i think is so incredible and sometimes i wonder like you know is like did the lord use those metaphors from the relationships that exist or did he like cause those relationships to exist so because, that he can use those metaphors because yeah, so they're they're really they're it's so interesting right because those relationships like husband and wife and like parents and children are so common in every day to like literally every human so like, it's a tangible
2: example
1: yeah um but, but they're so powerful because
0: it's something that's so connected with who god is because mm-hmm. just think of the way that like satan likes to attack the family unit or attack marriage mm-hmm. like it is like it is a way that you see um god's will in or a part of who god is mm-hmm. yeah. in his creation too yeah and yeah. his people
1: yeah absolutely yeah,
2: that's
0: good. yeah. Uh,
1: so you know when we talk about even the idea like, you know dialing back a little bit when we talk about the idea of entrusting our desires or submitting or, or really you know entrusting our desires mm-hmm. to god um, you know it's like if you think about it right like the father that he is like you know when you submit and when you entrust like you, you have to be willing to let go you have to be willing to to really put it in his hands right to, to remove it from your hands and to to give it to him completely, Um, and it it really it really takes a a 100 um, like letting go. I I think that's important. Um, But like when you think about it, right? Like you're not you're not like betting on a stock market, right? Like when you bet on the stock market, you you are I I won't say bet on the stock market, but when you invest in the stock market, (laughs) you are essentially taking value, right? Like a monetary value or like an asset, really just value. And you're putting that into an asset, into um, you know a share, and the reality is you don't know what that share is going to do. Right? It can go up or down. You, obviously, you think it's going to go up, or else you're not going to put your money in it. But once you put your money into it, it's really out of your control, uh, unless you're insider trading, and uh, that's against the rules. So let's assume you're playing by the rules. <laughs> so it's really outside of your control. Once you put your money into that, you don't know. You know, you don't know what's going to go. So really, you're you are subjecting or submitting to what that market's gonna do. Um, But like with the Lord, it's like, yeah, like we can completely let go and submit to him, but it's not like the stock market. It's not like we can really expect to permanently lose everything. Like Mm -hmm. sure, like loss is a part of life and like the Lord uses loss in our lives to discipline us and train us. Um, But at the end of the day, like we know that he has our good in mind um, and so, I mean, that, that can be hard to believe, but it's in scripture, right? And, you know, if, if we come back to that and we can really grab a hold of that idea, um, it gets easier. It's, it's easier to entrust to him um, mm-hmm. because he's not a stock market. Right? He's a loving father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even that picture of, of, of that, um, that, that relationship of, of what that looks like can be encouraging for us when we think about, um, you know, what it looks like to really, you know, entrust him with things. Um, it's just to kind of get an understanding of like who he is. Um, and man, I could, I could just speak from experience. Like sometimes it's really hard to, to like believe that or see that because I mean, there are times in my life where like the goodness of the Lord has been hidden from me, where like, it's not before my eyes, right? Like, where it really comes down to like, am I going to choose to believe this or not the evidence? It's not like, you know, what you're experiencing, like you might be going through a loss or some kind of tragic event. And, you know, it's going to feel like he doesn't love you. It's going to, it's going to, it's because it's not going to be before your eyes. You're not going to be living in, you know, maybe you're not living in a moment where things are comfortable. Um, And so it can be hard to see that. It can be hard to believe that. Um, but man like one of the most powerful expressions of our commitment to the lord can come out of that place out of that loss because you know when things are good it's really really easy to praise him but when when things are bad um right when it's hidden when when his goodness is hidden but you still are going to choose to believe it right so you're believing something without seeing it it's almost like you're speaking that louder it's almost like you're demonstrating that louder because it's harder to say, it's harder to actually do that. It's hard to actually praise him Mm
2: -hmm. when you're
1: in the loss. And so loss is actually an opportunity that, um, you know, to to kind of voice a more powerful expression. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also interesting too, like, you know, it's kind of a unique opportunity to our lives on earth because right in, in heaven, there's, there's no tears and there's no pain. Um, And so we won't, have, I mean, I won't see what we will or won't have, but <laughs> seems to me like we won't have that level of expression, mm-hmm. you know, beyond this life, because, you know, if pain and tears and and loss, those things are unique to this life. Then this, then we have an opportunity to express our praise to the Lord in in a way that we we, we may not have, you know, in, in in the in the age to come. So there's kind of an opportunity there. And, and I think about that too, like even as we talk about like desires, because yeah, like there are aspects of our lives now on earth where things are hidden from us, right? Like we don't see everything, um, but at the same time, like those are opportunities for us to really trust him. Uh, when things are hidden, like that's that's your place to really trust, right? Cause it's one thing to say, it's one thing to verbally say, God, I trust you. Right? Mm. It's one thing to verbally say something to somebody. But does that do those words really hold anything unless they're actually put to the test? Mm. And so when you're going to trust God, when you can't see, right, you are actually, like through your action, you're actually saying, God, I trust you. I, I think you're saying it more meaningfully by actually trusting him than by verbally saying mm-hmm. it. And so like when you're actually going through the situation, you're doing it you're actually saying that to him. Um, you're actually saying, I trust you, you know, through your actions, through the actual decision you're making to, to rely on him for that. Um, which I think is an interesting thing. And I think that applies to a lot of different things, even beyond trust, um, where, where we can verbally say something to God. Um, but when it really comes down to it, we can say it oftentimes more significantly by actually doing. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I, <laughs> I, Kind of go on a tangent here, but one of the <laughs> the verses uh, that I think about in Deuteronomy is um, it's in Deuteronomy eight, and Yahweh is uh, he's talking or Moses is talking to the Israelites, and he's talking about you know their relationship with Yahweh, um, and you know he he says something along the lines of like um, like the Lord brought them through the desert to test them to see what was in their hearts. Hmm. And I'm like, why does the Lord, you know, need to see what's in our hearts? He already knows that, Mm -hmm. but there's, um, there's a significance to actually like us actually going through things, um, versus like just saying something. Right. Um, because I think, I think to really say it is to do it right. Mm -hmm. It means more when you actually go through that thing. Um, and so I, I think, I think that applies to us today where. You know we can say things and it's good for us it's good for us to you know speak to the lord and, and say things but when you say something um you know think about like you know is that true and you know follow through with it right um to really say it to really say it to the lord is oftentimes to do um and i don't mean to like put too much emphasis on on works you're doing but i think mm-hmm. there's there's there is a significance to um what we say to the lord through what we do
0: yeah. And I think too, like in those trials and in those, like that suffering, you realize like your desperate need. Mm-hmm. Um, and without those in the good times, you don't realize how much you, you might not realize how much you are in need. Um, and my dad gives this like illustration, which I will try my best to explain verbally, um, but of like this picture of um, like, we realize that we're a sinner and we realize that god is a holier above us and the cross is in the middle (laughs) um and as we grow in our faith and mature and goes through like trials and realize like how much more we are desperately in need of a savior and how holy god actually is and like our understanding of his holiness like grows and we realize that we are so much less than we originally thought and he is so much greater than we originally understood the cross gets bigger in the middle of that Mm -hmm. picture because and we have such a bigger appreciation for what jesus accomplished
1: that's
0: good
1: yeah yeah like the cross is like the bridge between Mm -hmm. between the chasm yeah yeah that's good and that and that's even like you know thinking almost about our own perspective right like how our own perspective can shift where you know we can see just how like significant um you know christ's sacrifice and what he's done for us really has resulted um in our redemption um which is you know i think a, a really important thing to to dwell on f- frequently mm-hmm. um, which you know is is really why we you know do communion, right? Do this in remembrance of me, yeah. as often as you drink it, right? Um, to reflect upon what Christ has done for us, um, which is which is really good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I come from a Lutheran background, so we are very like like sacramentalist based, and like just I have like a deep appreciation for like how how much grace it is that we get to partake in like christ saying this is my body this is my blood like shed for you like i did this for you Mm -hmm. um and just yeah just being in awe of like the gift that we get to receive Mm -hmm. of what he what he's done um yeah
1: yeah So I mean, another thing we could we could touch on and talk about um, even is kind of this idea of right, the Lord working things for our good. Because um, oftentimes we, we read that and sometimes our immediate response is that that our good equals our comfort or mm. our, our pleasantness. And sometimes we take that word good and we kind of define it with what we think or want it to mean. Um, when in reality, like what we're, what we're really reading is it's how the Lord defines good. Um, and sometimes, you know, again, like we, we might, may want to just think of that as like comfortableness or, 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 easiness in our lives. Um, but, um, you know, what, one thing I've thought about too, is like, you know, what happens to a child that is handed everything, right? That. That always lives in comfort, that never experiences any difficulty or trial, and I mean, you know, the answer is the child oftentimes, if not always, becomes a brat, right? If mm-hmm. there's no discipline in their lives, mm-hmm. then um, you know th- they become a brat. Um, and the truth is, though, right? There there are no brats in the kingdom of God. Um, God does not raise brats. We talked about God as our father, right? And so none of his children are brats. And uh, Hebrews 12 pretty much just straight up says this. (laughs) In verse 7, it says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. Hmm. God is treating you as sons and daughters. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Hmm. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Hmm. And so you know, he's, the author of Hebrews is basically saying like, yeah, to be a child of God comes with discipline. Um, but I want to say too, right. Like the discipline that they're talking about isn't necessarily like, like a punishment discipline, but it's more of like a reproving or a training. Right. Um, and so, you know, uh, but that, that's the word that often gets translated in. Um, and so like, it's important to, to, to realize that like, like there is, um, there's value in trial, there's value in difficulties, um, which again, is really hard for us to see because we say, how is that good? Um, But the Lord's thoughts and his ways are not higher than ours, right? And I think ultimately when it comes down to is, um, our good in God's eyes is righteousness. And so, um, you know, when we experience these, these trials and these difficulties, really what he's doing is he's reproving and training us. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Sanctification, the process of sanctification, (laughs) right? That's, that's really what's taking place. And so in his mind, right? Like that is our good is to be like him um, and to, to take on, um, you know, those, those traits, those qualities. uh, It's,
0: it's like a picture of like adoption, like Kyle, you'll probably understand this, but like when I have, a number of adopted siblings and when or even if you have like a friend come over to your house, there's a way things are done in your house and um, like when, when you have someone who's adopted who becomes a part of your family, they don't know the way that things are done in your house and there's like this process that goes on of discipline and learning how how do we act in this household? Like, after dinner, we load the dishwasher and, like, before bed, Mm -hmm. we do this. And there's, like, this learning of how do I, how, how to be a son or a daughter. Mm.
2: Um, Yeah. And kind of along that analogy with adoption is, like, the justification would be the signing of the papers. Right. Right. Like, I'm signing this, like, I'm adopting you. This is, the act of justification is a one-time thing. And then, Sanctification is what happens after that and like, okay, right. so like with my brothers, we really had to like, there's, there's just, we got them younger and you got your siblings at a younger age too, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's like, when they come with pre-learned
0: habits, habits and, yeah. it's
2: a, it's a matter of like, okay, you're adopted, you've been justified, like, yeah. okay, now we work and we sanctify and we do there is discipline now.
0: You're okay. already a son. You're already a right. You don't
2: have to work for that. I've already signed the papers. Mm. Now it's just a matter of learning, learning, yeah, and discipline.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's that's a really good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
2: my favorite analogy, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So maybe in conclusion, we could um, just wrap up on like a few points of what it looks like for us to submit our desires to Him. Um, and I think, I think we kind of already hit on this, but I think one that's really important is to trust his goodness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we talked about like, even when we can't see, but when we can't see again, that's really an opportunity to, to really say to him that we trust him. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think just really, really trusting and really saying like, God, you're good. No, no matter what Mm -hmm. the circumstance um, and I know it's an easy thing for us to kind of throw as a point, mm-hmm. um, but you know if if you're going through that, you know it's 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 harder to do that. But it's really powerful. Um, it's really powerful, significant to to say to the Lord that you trust Him
2: out loud too. I think has a lot of like yeah yeah.
1: Our yeah. our yeah. mouth, Speak we hold yeah. the power
2: of the tongue, right? And so yeah. speaking it out and be like, okay, Lord, like I am trusting you. Yeah. And it might sound kind of dumb, like when you're in your car by yourself and you're saying that out loud. But yeah. um, I think that there is power in that. Of yeah. like God, I'm believing that you're doing a good
1: thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, another thing I found is, um, like, when you when you submit your desires, when you trust your desires to the Lord, you are you're willing to, and you are you know letting go of a particular outcome. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, you are basically, you know, not committing to a certain thing to happen in your life, right? You're, you're letting go of a particular conclusion or whatever it is to really entrust to him. You have to be willing to, to let go, to release, to release any um, stake in the future. And, and you're, and you're entrusting that to him. You're entrusting that he will arrange and fulfill your desire accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he will work it for your good. Um, and so I think that's important too, when we talk about trusting desires is to really release that thing mm-hmm. and, and not, you know, bank yourself, you know, cause you know, when you're, when you're not trusting, maybe you are, you know, committed to a particular desire. And so, or to a particular outcome, and so to really give that up is to, to be okay with, um, you know, not having that thing, but also reflecting, right. That the Lord is good and he created the desires in you and, um, you know, he has your good mind and. Um, he knows what fulfills you the most.
2: Mm, yeah, that's
1: good. Yeah. Um, and then the third one I would say, which I think is really, really important, um, is patience. Um, and, I, and I and I would say like really when you when you submit your desires, um, you have to be willing to give up your timeline. Um, because we could talk about like like a particular conclusion, and that's something we have to let go of. That's hard. Uh, it is. It's really hard. Yeah but also too, there's a the timing aspect, right? You have to be willing to say like, I, I will really wait. I will really wait upon the Lord. Um, and I will really, you know, really trust, um, that he's going to, to work it in his time. Um, and so giving up the inclusion, but also giving up the immediacy that you might feel for a particular desire, really being able to trust that to him. Um, and so I would just kind of wrap up and say like, man, your attention is like the one thing that you have that is completely yours, right? Like nobody can take your attention. You have complete control Mm. over your attention. Like people will try to take it, they'll throw ads at you, they'll try to get you to focus on certain things. But at the end of the day, right, your attention is something that takes place, you know, in your mind and and you you control that, right? That's not controlled by anybody else. Um, And so, you know, give that attention to the Lord. I mean, if, if that's where, you know, if you really believe that he's good and you really, um, trust him, you know, give him that attention mm. and look to him. Um, don't, don't let mm. desires or conclusions or timelines have your attention, mm. you know, just, just really just think about his goodness. Think about who he is, spend that time with him and don't, don't be consumed by your desires. Mm. Um, but when we entrust, we really do, there's a release, um, in which we, we really, we really trust the Lord with those things. Um, and so, yeah, at the end of the day, submission of our desires is, is simply trusting him. Um, and I would say like that trust, that, that trust that we place in him, I, I you know, I say is, it's kind of the reason why we have the desires in the first place, because that trust is relationship with him, right? So those desires, those, those are opportunities for relationship, right? Um, and I think, I think that's, that's really important. So, Um, I I would challenge, I would challenge anyone listening to, to think about, you know, um, what matters most to you in your life. Um, you know, are, are you concerned with comfort, easiness, pleasantness, or, or, or do you, or do you value what the Lord has for you more than those things? Mm -hmm. Um, because I think, you know, the road, you know, Christ doesn't promise us an easy life, right? You, You know? there are challenges, right? There, there are difficulties. Um, but again, those things, they are important for our journeys and for our walks. Um, because again, the Lord is always with us through those things and relationship is established through those things. Um, and so, you know, are there desires, are there things in your life right now that you, you feel like are consuming you that you feel like are absorbing all of your attention that Mm. you're focusing too much on? um, and, and go through the steps. And, you know, it, it may not be a one and done thing. You may need, you know, every morning you may need to wake up and say, you know, you're giving this back to the Lord. Sometimes you just have to keep working through it. Right. But don't let it have your attention, give your attention to the Lord and then trust him with your desires.
2: That's good.
0: Thank you. Zach. That is
2: a good word, Zach. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that was awesome. (laughs)